Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. Come on, praise them like you love them. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. One to bless his name on this morning. Hallelujah. So grateful for his sacrifice on this morning. I believe the Lord is pleased with all that we have done thus far. Somebody say, I need a word. I need a word. I believe God has a word for his people this morning. I want us to go quickly to our Bibles. I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 6. I want us to look at verses 16 through 18. Hallelujah. If you could just look at somebody say, it's good to see you this morning. It's good to see you this morning. So good to see the saints of God in God's house this morning. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. I I, I ministered from this subject on last week. Somebody shout, war ready. I said we needed to be war ready, and I just began that, but I want to conclude that on this morning. The Bible says, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith. Somebody say faith. To stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation. Somebody say salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. Verse number 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Last week I shared that the effectiveness of our spiritual warfare is determined by how well we are equipped. Uh, If I'm going to be effective in spiritual warfare, I've got to be equipped. In, In other words, our preparation for war, warfare will always precede our prosperity in warfare. You'll never have prosperity in warfare if you're not prepared. Somebody say, I got to be prepared. And many of us like to try to fight the enemy ill or unprepared. Uh, and this is why the New Living Translation of Proverbs 21:31. I shared this on last week. But for those of us who were not in church, I want to make this clear. Could you go back to that scripture? In Proverbs chapter 21, notice what the Bible says, that the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. So, in other words, I've got to be, somebody say, I've got to be prepared. Uh, This is why it's necessary when we're under attack by the enemy that we are both aware of our weapons and that we have access to our weapons. I I just don't want to know about the weapons, but I've got to have a level of access. I, I I need to be fully armed, fully armed. In other words, we must be war ready. And the sad reality is that one of the greatest reasons that the attacks of the enemy are so effective against believers is because many believers are not equipped for warfare. The only reason that many of us are losing the battle against the enemy is because we're not equipped. Somebody say, I got to get equipped. That's such a sad tragedy that God would lay out all the weapons of our warfare and we still not be equipped. 
Uh, many of us are not war ready. And this is why I began last Sunday by laying a foundation for how we become war ready. And I said this, that we have to be able to discern the attack of the enemy. Somebody say, I've got to be in the spirit. Many of y'all are too carnal, so you can't discern the attack of the enemy. Then I've got to be able to determine the weapon against the enemy. There's some, because watch this, I said that the dynamics of our warfare can be so different. And because they're different, I've got to have the right weapon for the enemy. Somebody say, I've got to have the right weapon. Here's the other thing, I've got to be developed in these weapons of warfare it's one thing to see the old mother go get on her face and pray. But if you don't know how to pray, baby, you're going to need to learn how to pray. Somebody say get developed. Yeah. That, that, I, know you, I know you don't watch YouTube and you think you like TDJs, but no, you got to somebody say get developed. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to watch nobody else operate in the weapons of our warfare and I'm not developed myself. Uh, that, that, so why? Somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because I shared that how the enemy is fighting you will determine what weapon you need to fight against the enemy. It matters. Somebody say it matters. Uh, and many of us get so discombobulated, we, we start losing our mind when we get attacks from every area. And God is just saying, straighten up yourself. Get a level of discernment about the attacks so you know how to fight the enemy yourself. In other words, y'all know that the young folks used to say it, say it like this. It matters. However, the enemy is pulling up on you will determine how you need to pull up on the enemy. Oh, I, I, I see. I like that. I hope I made that plain because I, I said it um, throughout this sermon series. Don't be trying to call me when somebody trying to jump you and I got on slides. No, I'm not ready yet. I need to know how they coming at you so I can be prepared myself. Whenever I say somebody say I got to get prepared. Uh, however, the enemy is pulling up on me. I'm going to pull up on him. And this is why I said this in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 33. I shared this on last week. Notice this. The Bible says that there were 50,000 who went out to battle. Experts in war. Somebody say experts. With all weapons of war. Stout-hearted men who could keep the ranks. In other words, these men were experts in war. And because they were experts in war, they made sure they had all weapons. That I was equipped and watch this so that I could keep the ranks and the reason why the enemy is gaining ground on so many believers is because we don't have all the weapons. Uh, somebody say I got to be an expert in war. Uh, so, so these men were experts and I said this when you have limited access to spiritual weapons you're subject to lose the war against the enemy. Uh, if I'm going to be a believer, if God is giving me access to all spiritual weapons, I want access, somebody say, to all of them. Listen, I ain't going to watch somebody else lay on their face and pray, and I, I don't have that ability to. I'm not going to watch somebody fast, and I don't have that ability to. I don't want to watch a mother stand in her faith, and I don't have that ability to. Somebody say, I can too. We, we around here crying and asking folk to pray for us, and God is saying, I've given you access to it. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all, that he's giving me access. We need access to all the weapons of our warfare, because when the enemy is warring against us, he will use all he has against us. And if he's going to use all he got, I need to use all I got as well. I don't know about y'all, but if you've ever been under attack by the enemy, he don't just come any kind of way. And many of us 
are crying on our face, asking God to save us, and he's asking us to pick up our weapons. Oh, I've, been, I've been given access. Because despite what you believe, the enemy ain't playing with you. When I've said this, he wants you, somebody say, to perish. I hope y'all caught that. I know you look good this morning. I know you smell good. I know you got your hair done. I know you think ain't nobody going to bother you. I know we said you were cute this morning, but the enemy is trying to kill you. See, see, we, we got too many churches that play with the enemy. We say you're going to live your best life now. Yeah, but the enemy is trying to kill you. I need you to understand that attack on your rest is not to play with you. It's to kill you. I know it may seem like the relationships around you are in shambles, but that attack on your relationship, watch this, it's to kill you. And many of us are struggling trying to figure out how we're going to pay our bills, how we're going to make this happen, how we're going to add this to make up for this. And this attack on your resources, somebody say, it's to kill you. When we get that in mind, we'll stop playing pity pat in warfare that the enemy is after. Somebody say the enemy is after my life. And I don't know about y'all, but y'all ever seen somebody fight or, or, or be in a position where they scared? You don't never really want to fight somebody that's scared for their life. Because they will do everything they can, somebody say, to get me. Oh, I saw some folks, I say, I didn't know she had that in her. She was scared. But when you're scared for your life, you'll pull out anything. You're going to bite, you're going to scratch, you're going to do what you got to do. So why do we treat the enemy so haphazardly? The enemy is trying to kill me. Consider what um, verse 13 of our foundational text says. The Bible says, therefore, put on every. Somebody say every. Every piece of God's armor. It's so critical to understand that because wherever the enemy finds a gap in our life, he's going to attack that gap. So God is saying, I need you to put on every piece of armor. When we're lacking, that's when the enemy attacks. Did y'all hear what I just said? This is why we've got to be so careful when everything is going well in our lives. When God is raining down blessings in our lives. Because the enemy always wants you to drop your guard. And at the point of dropping your guard, somebody say there's an attack. So, so, so Paul says, I need you to put on every piece of armor. We most, must be both experts and equipped in all spiritual weapons. Because if not, hear this. I know we may not like this. We'll never really be able to withstand the enemy. I know you got your pastor that can give you counsel. I know you got your prayer partner. But if I'm not equipped in every weapon, watch this. I cannot withstand the enemy. I know your pastor is the archbishop. But watch this. If I'm not equipped, I can't withstand the enemy. Somebody say, I got to have all weapons. I've got to have all weapons. I want us to be able to withstand the enemy. So we learned last week that the weapons of our warfare, I started this off, notice this, I said it's the strategy that we preserve. I don't care about knowing what you think. When you're in war, somebody say, I need strategy. This is why Paul says, I need you to put on the belt of truth uh, so that I can receive this strategy from God. And then this sanctification that we pursue, somebody say God's righteousness. And here's what I said about this. That, that, that he talks about righteousness being our armor. So void of sanctification, you're not protected by God. Somebody say, I've got to be protected. And here's the other thing about this armor. Even in a natural war, your, your armor or your garments would distinguish you from the enemy. 
Did y'all catch what I just, hey, let's not get distracted. I, I said our armor distinguishes us. So if I don't have on the right armor, watch this, I look like the enemy. Oh, somebody said I got to have the right armor. And then I said this, it's the soulless that we perceive. The quickest way to die in battle is to lose your mind. Somebody say, I've got to walk in peace. We've got to be, I, I, I love the old saints because so much could be going on in their lives and you would not even know because they had a level of peace. And the enemy will always take you out where you do not have peace. Somebody say, I've got to walk in peace. I've got to walk in peace. So here's what I want to do. I want us to culminate our series on spiritual warfare this morning. And I want to conclude our examination of the weapons of our warfare. So let's look at the first portion of our text. The Bible says to hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. When the enemy fights against believers, one of his most precise attacks is always going to be against your faith. Whenever he fights against us, he's going to attack your faith. Uh, somebody say, guard your faith. And somebody may be saying, Pastor Keith, why does he attack my faith? And I believe I put it up here. Notice this. We are perfected by faith. So if he attacks my faith, I'm no longer able to be perfected. But then the Bible says that we please the Lord by faith. So if he challenges my faith, no longer is the Lord pleased with me. Then the Bible says that we prosper by faith. Uh, so he attacks my faith so that I won't prosper in my walk with God. And I need y'all to hear something. If I'm unable to prosper in my walk with God, I'm also unable to prosper in warfare. Uh, somebody say, that's why he's attacking my faith. Uh, that's why you can't come to church. That's why you can't pray. That's why you don't want to be around nobody. He's really trying to attack your faith. Uh, so, so as it is with warfare in the natural, in our walk, and when we're void of faith, we can't prosper in warfare. And this is why the latter portion of our foundational text says concerning our faith that it stops every fiery arrow of the devil. Somebody say, I've got to hold on to my faith. So, so, so in other words, somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because if I can't prosper in warfare, by default, the attacks of the enemy will prosper against me. So that means, watch this, y'all got to catch this. If the enemy is really beating me up, if I feel like the attacks of the enemy are gaining ground on my life, somebody say, I better question my faith. Because if I have a level of faith, there is no fiery dart. There is no arrow that the enemy can throw my way. Now that's good news to me, y'all. Somebody say, I've got to protect my faith. And watch this. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And one, you wonder why when you're going through, you never want to come to church because he's trying to attack your faith. I don't want to be around the saints. He's trying to really attack. No, they're not going to understand what I'm going through. He's trying to attack your faith. Oh, somebody say, I got to be, I, I cannot be ignorant. And many of us get in these pity parties. We, fight, we try to, we don't, we don't want to be bothered. We put our phone on silent. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And there's somebody that wants to give you a word that will take you, watch this, from faith to faith. Ooh. The enemy think he's slick. Somebody say the enemy think he's slick. He think he's slick. So if you feel 
like hell has an advantage over you, then you may need to question the steadfastness of your hope. I've got to be steadfast in hope. Somebody say, when I'm in war, I've got to be steadfast in hope. Because here's a word of wisdom. One of the reasons that many believers are getting beat up by the enemy is because many believers fail to believe. Somebody say, just believe. Because during seasons of warfare, we must believe that the afflictions that we're facing, they have, somebody say, no power. I've got to believe that. We find that in Psalm 34, 19, where the Bible says that um, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But here's the good news. God, the Lord, delivers me. Somebody say, from them all. And many of us watch this. We think that these afflictions have some level of power over us. And you know what I love about David? Many times my wife probably thinks that I may be complaining. I may even do it over the pulpit too much. I got I to gotta bridle my tongue, y'all. But many times I'm trying to be like David and encourage myself in the Lord. I'm trying to assess all these afflictions, but thank God that I'm still walking. I'm trying to figure out where everything is coming from, but I can still get myself together and look a little something, something. I've got to encourage myself in the Lord. Sometimes somebody say, you just need to encourage yourself. I know, I know you ain't got your nails done, but at least your hair done. Somebody say, encourage yourself. I know, I know you can't go to Ruth Chris, but maybe you can go to Red Lobster. Somebody say, encourage yourself. I've got to encourage myself in the Lord. I know I'm facing afflictions, but these afflictions have no power. And despite the attacks, uh, I've got to remember that I'm still yet protected. Here's the, here's the good thing. The very attacks that you're facing, the enemy took somebody else out as a result of them. This is why I love Miss Deborah, because watch this. For y'all that, that don't know her story, you'll never know what she's been through. But I told her this morning, I said, you're looking real jazzy this morning, Miss Deborah. But you never know, watch this, that the attacks she was still yet protected. Because the Bible says that though the weapon may be formed against me, it shall not, somebody say shall not, shall not prosper. And the good news is that our adversary will not prevail. Uh, I know it looks like he may be winning in my life. But the Bible says this concerning the enemy, that there's a judgment assigned to his life. Ooh, I don't know about y'all, but I know that at some point there's an end for the enemy. And somebody say, not me. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. Somebody say, I've got to protect my faith. That's good news. But hear this. You will never believe that the afflictions have no power, that despite the attacks you are protected and that your enemy or your adversary won't prevail if you do not believe. Somebody say, just believe. Oh, I remember there's a, there's a story in the Gospels where Jesus says, do you just believe? Somebody say, all I got to do is believe. Uh, no, notice this. You don't have to be beat up by the enemy as long as you believe. Because there is fruit in warfare when you can be steadfast in your faith. I need us to see something in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 through 18. The Bible says, Whoo, this is good news, y'all. Somebody say, these signs will follow those who, somebody say, who believe. 
In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, nobody don't be picking up snakes today. Somebody say, that's not what I'm talking about. Somebody say, that's not what I'm talking about. Because y'all going to say, Pastor Keith said, I can do it. No, I ain't. I'm just saying there's a level of fruit. Watch this when we believe. Demons know and the devil knows that their fight against you is a losing battle when I just believe. And this is why, watch this, the enemy really, this is why the Bible says that our adversary is roaming about like a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour. He will attack the person, watch this, that does not believe. Because he's always looking for the one that is more susceptible to his attacks. So hear this. Here's what I'm really trying to say that I see in this text that I just gave you. You can confront the enemy when you believe. The Bible says I can take up serpents. I don't have to be scared of the enemy, but I can confront him. Somebody say when I believe. The enemy has no control over you. Watch this when you believe. The Bible says it will by no means hurt you. Somebody say I'm in control. Oh, y'all don't like that. I'm, I'm, somebody say I'm giving you Bible. And watch this, you can even cast out the enemy. Somebody say, when I believe. Bible says he cast out demons. And listen, ain't nobody going to come in my house acting in any kind of way when I believe. I, ain't nobody going to be trying to talk about me and run my mind into crazy places when I believe. That's good news to me, y'all. The Bible says when you... The Bible says there's this promise attached to when somebody say, I believe. In warfare, I can confront the enemy. The enemy has no control of me. I can cast out the enemy when I believe. This is when what the Bible talks about, that demons flee. Somebody say, when I believe. That means you don't have to work that hard. Hear this, that's good news in spiritual warfare when you know how to work your faith. Now that's good news. You don't have to work that hard in spiritual warfare when you know how to work your faith. Oh, man, now, now, that, now that's just good news to me. I'm not going to be losing sleep over folk when I know how to work my faith. I'm not going to be losing sleep over how this bill is going to get paid when I know how to work my faith. I'm not going to be worrying about where I'm going to lay, lay my head at night when I know how to, somebody say, work my faith. Somebody say, you got to work your faith. Some of y'all are working way too hard and God is just saying, work your faith. Because if you work your faith, the signs will follow. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. That it. The Bible says that there was a man by the name of Jairus. And the Bible says that, that he sent, watch this, his, um, his, the centurion soldier was going to Jesus to um, call Jesus to come to heal his daughter. Yeah. The Bible says just go on about your way yeah. because of the faith of Jairus. Watch this. His daughter was healed. In other words, some of us, somebody say, y'all doing too much. God says, if you work your faith, watch this, I'll work for you. That's good news. Listen, I ain't gonna, I I done told y'all a few things, but listen, I'm not gonna be worrying about people who are praying for my downfall when I know how to work my faith. I don't care what's going on on my job. I don't got to confront you when I know how to watch this work, work my faith. Because if I work my faith, watch this, God going to work on you. And it ain't nothing like when God work on somebody. 
some of y'all trying to get your husbands together right now and God is saying I need you to work your faith because you working on him ain't working baby somebody say work your faith God is saying these signs will follow you they'll follow you I want some signs to follow me somebody say I want some signs to follow me some believers are sweating, stressing, and even screaming at the enemy when all you have to do is strengthen your faith. I think a lot of folk, when they be rolling and doing all that on the floor, trying to work out demons, see, y'all, somebody say, y'all doing too much. You never watch Jesus doing that. Can you give me one account in the Bible where Jesus was laying and rolling on the floor with folk? Somebody say he worked his faith. That's a whole nother level of power. I wouldn't operate in that kind of power. I don't know about y'all. Listen, I, I know my wife, she like when her hair done, her makeup done. She ain't trying to sweat on nobody. She's going to work her face. You can still look cute and cast out demons. Somebody said, just believe. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves in spiritual warfare is, do you believe? Because the enemy gains an advantage over the believer in spiritual warfare at the place where the believer fails to believe. The enemy will always creep in at the point, at the moment where you fail to believe. This is why it's so critical. This word steadfast means to continue in faith. So just like you believe God when everything was well, you need to learn how to believe God in warfare. Because soon as you stop believing, somebody say the enemy jumps in. I know y'all caught up in my nephew. Y'all get your attention back. Listen, this is why our faith must be steadfast. And here's a word of wisdom. I believe I put it up here. As soon as there is a gap in your faith, the enemy gains an advantage in warfare. Notice what 1 Peter 5 and 9 says. Resist him and steadfast in the faith. So that means at the point of me not remaining steadfast, I no longer have the ability to resist the enemy. So you wonder why all hell is breaking loose? Maybe you failed to remain, somebody say, steadfast. He will always gain an advantage when there's a gap in your faith. And this is why it's so critical. And I, I need to make this plain. When we're under attack, there's going to be seasons where it don't feel good. When we're really under attack, I, I, I need us to be practical with this thing. There's going to be times where I tell my wife, I don't want to go to church. And somebody said, I'm the pastor. I, I told her some Sundays, I just want to stay home. I want to be at the beach. I want to be kicking it up somewhere because of the attacks. And this is why it's so critical when your faith is being challenged that you got folk who can you pull on their faith. This is why the Bible says that we're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. I need some folk that got a level of faith when my faith is shaking. Because I ain't going to be around here thinking, y'all Y'all like, Pastor Keith, yeah, that sound good, but you don't know what I'm going through. Yes, I do. That's why I got to stay around folk that got another level of, somebody say, hey, this means you have no ability to resist the enemy, and that includes in spiritual warfare when we fail to remain steadfast in our faith. The enemy, watch this, if the enemy is graining, graining, gaining ground on my life, I may need to question the firmness of my faith. So here's the, the first thing I needed us to know is that uh, it, it's all dependent upon uh, our hope, our hope, our hope. Somebody say my hope. The steadfastness of my hope. 
Now let's look at the next portion of the text. The Bible says, put on salvation as your helmet. Here's what I need us to understand. The enemy desires to trouble you through warfare so that your heart might be troubled. He wants your heart to be troubled. He wants to trouble your heart. And, and, and this is why even Jesus had to encourage his disciples with these words. And sit in John chapter 16, verse 33. I need us to see this. Did I not put it? Lord, somebody say, help the pastor. See, the enemy, the enemy don't want y'all to get this. He really don't. In John chapter 16, verse 33, notice what the Bible says. In this world, you have trouble, but somebody say, take heart. I have overcome the world. In other words, Jesus was trying to remind his disciples that trouble does not have to dictate my trajectory. Now that's good news, y'all, that, that although trouble may be going on, what God wants to get me, I'm still going to get there. The enemy wants trouble to dictate your trajectory, but somebody say the devil is alive. But it requires where the seat of our heart is. This means uh, we've got to ask ourselves, does my heart rest securely in his salvation? I'm going to tell y'all what that means. Does, why is this significant? Because effective spiritual warfare requires, I know this might not sound so deep, but I need us to catch this. Because some, some people come to church, but they're really not saved. It's going to require first that you save. Some say, I got to be saved. I love the fact that Minister Dominique had got us through that. Everybody, nobody lifted their hands, so nobody ain't going to get embarrassed. But some say, I've got to be saved. Because if you're not saved, you're not fighting against the enemy. You're fighting with the enemy. Get saved before you get into spiritual warfare. Tell your neighbor, go get saved. Our, why? Because our salvation is our security in spiritual warfare. Uh, it's, it's, somebody say it's my security. In other words, it reminds me, this is why it's an, a, a helmet. It reminds me that the outcome of the warfare is already predetermined. Somebody say, I need to be saved. And this is why one of the things that the enemy likes to do is to cause us to question our salvation. Because if I can keep that on my mind, I know that the outcome, somebody say, is predetermined. Now that's good news to me, y'all. And even more, our salvation, watch this, this is why our text says, put on salvation as your helmet. Because when we're confident that we are saved, our victory in spiritual warfare, somebody say, is sealed. Look at Psalm 37, verse 39. The Bible says that the salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. Ooh, somebody say, it's secure. Now, that means when trouble comes in the life of those that are saved, the Lord is promised to rescue. You know that the enemy wants you to believe that God will not rescue you in the midst of attacks, in the midst of afflictions, but somebody say, my help is on the way. Somebody say, my help is on the way. Listen, this is why he wants your heart to be troubled so you can pull out a war. But when I have salvation as my helmet, I can know, somebody say that my help is on the way. 
Oh, that's good news, y'all. I don't care what's going on. My help is on the way. Uh, how do I know? One meaning of the Greek translation of the word salvation in our foundational text is this meaning that says bringing at salvation. Somebody say that's present tense. Because at the sign of God's children being burdened by warfare, God promises to bring salvation. It's not the salvation that we think of um, when we give our life to Christ. But what God is really saying, as a result of your salvation, I'm always bringing salvation. So that means no matter what's going on around me, somebody say, my help is on the way. Ooh, that's good news, y'all. That's why I'm not going to lose my mind. That's why my heart is not going to be troubled because I know my help is on the way. The good news is that this salvation is present tense. That means even when it does not look like it in the natural, our help is on the I've got to remind. No, this is why it's on my head. Because I've got to remind myself when it don't look like what it needs to look like in the natural. Somebody say, my help is on the way. I know it may not look like it. I know it may not feel good. But I got to know that God will always come through. I know I might be going through, but God, somebody say, God is going to come through. Well, salvation serves as our helmet because in spiritual warfare, we must always be mindful that we're still on the mind of God. How many of us have been under attack and it feels like God has no clue what I'm going through. I feel like God has left me. God, do you know what I'm going through in this moment? And the helmet always reminds me that I'm always on the mind of God. I know it don't feel good. I know it don't look good. But I've got to remind myself that I'm on the mind of God. Stuff that took other folk out reminds me that I'm on the mind of God. The very fact that I'm not in a mental ward reminds me that I'm on the mind of God. The very fact that I'm not sleeping on the streets reminds me that I'm on the mind of God. The very fact that they spouse did them like that, but they didn't do, my spouse didn't do me like that reminds me that I'm on the mind of God. Because watch this, despite the plan of the enemy, the saved is always on the mind of God. Despite the pressure from the enemy, the saved is always on the mind of God. Despite, watch this, the persistence of the enemy. The saved is always on the mind of God. That's good news to me, y'all. That I'm on the mind of God. Somebody say, I'm on the mind of God. And herein lies one of the reasons that the enemy wants our hearts to be troubled in spiritual warfare. That you might believe that you're not on the mind of God. But somebody say, the devil is a lie. Notice what Psalm 8, 4 says. Somebody say this, the angels talking. They said, what is man that you are mindful of him? And that the son of man that you would visit him. Even the angels said, listen, these fools are just living any kind of way. They are prone to wander. These folk doing all kind of stuff. They live in carnal. They live in wild. And he says, who is man that you are mindful of them? That, to me, that's good news that I could be wayward and I'm still on the mind of God. That I could be making mistakes along this journey. But it, the angels are saying, who is this man that you are mindful? If the angels get it, somebody say, why can't you? I'm on the mind of God. Remind yourself. Somebody say, I'm on the mind of God. Oh, that's good news. That means not only is God concerned, mindful about those that are saved, but he has compassion. The Bible says that he's going to visit me. 
Now that's a whole nother story. You know you can be on the minor folk and folk never visit you. You can be on the minor folk and folk never call you. You can be on the minor folk and folk know you going through and they can't even send you a text. But the angel says not only are you mindful of them, but you're going to visit them. So many of us get in this place where we think God is not has left us or forsaken us. But you know what I really got to do? I got to get my house in order because I know I got a visitor on the way. I've got to get my mind right because I've got a visitor on the way. I've got to get it together and get myself looking kind of some kind of way because somebody said I've got a visitor on the way. Not only is he mindful of me, but he's going to visit me. Remind yourself this morning, he's going to visit me. And I love the fact that we can be in a pit and God will visit us. I love the fact that we can be in a place where we just had to wipe our eyes. But God, somebody say he's going to visit me. This is why I noticed this song. We've got to be like the psalmist who declared this in Psalm 33, 18 through 19. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. Somebody say those who are saved. On those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. This means when we are saved, watch this, death will never be our portion. But deliverance will. Oh, that's good news, y'all. Somebody say death will never be my portion. Deliverance will. And I need you to understand this. One of the things that the enemy will make will, will, will do consistently when you're under consistent attack is cause people to write a narrative that is not of God. You know, they'll tell you, oh, girl, I, you probably need to look at your sin life. It's something going on in your life. It, it's something. I know maybe you reaping for something you did. Somebody say, the enemy sets up people. Somebody say, you better ask Job. His own wife said, curse God and die. You're trying to write a narrative for me that does not belong to me. Somebody say, deliverance is my portion. People will try to write you a narrative. I don't know why you're trying to do that, girl. That ain't going to work. I don't know why you're trying to stay with him. That's not going to work. Somebody say, the devil is a lie. No matter how intense the war, deliverance will be our portion. No matter how intentional the war, deliverance will be my portion. And watch this. No matter how isolated I may feel in the war, somebody say deliverance will be my portion. Because folk know how to lead you when you're under attack. But deliverance will still be my portion. But hear this. Your deliverance is dependent upon where the seat of our heart is. I've got to rest securely. Watch this. In the Lord's salvation. Somebody say, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Somebody say, see the salvation of the Lord. I've got to stand still. I know what the enemy wants to tell me, but I know I'm on the mind of God. So hear this, I'm almost done. I've, we've got to be steadfast in our hope. We've got to make sure where the seat of our heart is. And then watch the last portion of our text. The Bible says, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The power in our weapons is determined where we pull from. Somebody may be saying, what do I mean? The effective use of our weapons will always require, somebody say his word. Stay with me. Ah, his word, his word. Somebody may be saying, why? Because consider what Jesus declared in the latter portion of John 6, 63. Notice this, the Bible says that the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. I, I, I need you to see something concerning this text. 
in other words, Jesus was saying that his words, that it was his word that has power. So if we're empty of his word, then we will not be effective in spiritual warfare. Somebody say, I need his word. But, but I, I know that sounds too plain, that sounds too cliche, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a little bit deeper so we can have a better level of understanding. In other words, his word should precede warfare. Uh, that means it should send us to war. Don't go to war if God don't send you. Y'all heard what I just said? And so his word should always precede warfare. His word should be pursued in warfare. If you ever going to need a level of sustaining in warfare, somebody say, I need his word. And his word should be proclaimed in warfare. It's going to cause us to succeed in war. Somebody say his word. His word, his word. Uh, but, but, but hear this. This word in our foundational text is the Greek word rima, uh, uh, which means God's spoken word. Somebody say his spoken word. This ain't the one you're going to find in the book. Somebody say his spoken word. And here lies one of the reasons that the enemy overpowers many believers in spiritual warfare because many believers are not in position to hear the spirit and heed the spirit. Somebody say, I need a right now word. When you're in war, somebody say, I need a right now word. It's, it's, it's God's spoken word. Because watch this, somebody may be saying, why? Why am I not in position to hear his word? And why am I not in position to heed his word? I said this throughout the series, but I need to say it again for, for those of y'all who weren't here for the sermon series. Um, because many, of, many believers aren't in the spirit. That's just as simple as that. Somebody say, I'm too carnal. Many believers are not in position to hear or heed the spirit because you're not in the spirit. Somebody say, get in the spirit. I know that that just how y'all just living too, too, too carnal, too, too carnal. Uh, many have a spirit, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. Somebody say you got a spirit. And I said this during the series. Folk do walk around with spirits. Folk carry spirits. Well, I know it. Somebody say I know it for myself. Folk carry spirits in the church. Somebody say in the church. Yeah, they carry spirits. And this is dangerous because when you're under attack right now, you need a right now word. When I'm under attack right now, somebody say, I need a right now word. And I don't know about anybody else, but when they don't pick up the phone, when the pastor's not available, when I can't get to my prayer partner, I need the paraclete. Somebody say, the Holy Spirit. When I'm, listen, there's times where the enemy is going to attack you in the midnight hour. Somebody say, I need a right now word. The enemy is going to attack you when, watch this, your phone ain't got no signal. Somebody say, I need a right now word. And when I can't get to the pastor, when I can't get to my prayer partner, somebody say, I need the spirit. So when, so when Paul says this word of God, he's saying, somebody say, the spoken word. A lot of believers never get to this place where you can be under attack and in a position so much so that you can hear a right now word. Notice how this comes at the end. After you put on peace, after you've girded your, your mind with the helmet of salvation, after you put on righteousness, I should be able to withstand the attacks in such a way that no matter what's going on in my life, I can still hear God. I think that's the greatest testimony, y'all. Well, folk, how can you still hear God when you got all this going on? Somebody say, I got on my armor. And the reason why you're crying that the pastor can't get in touch with you, 
Because you can't get a right now word. I started, there were folk in my life, pastors and folk of high titles that I thought would be with me, that I thought I would be able to glean wisdom from. And when I realized I could not get their attention, I just said, God, give me a right now word. I don't know how to navigate what's going on. And I'm reaching out to man and God is saying, I'm trying to give you, somebody say, a right now word. Stop getting mad at me. Somebody say, go get a word. Y'all leaving churches because you you trying to get to the pastor and God is trying to give you a right now word. Because watch what the pastor going to pull. The pastor going to pull an old word. How do I know that word is old? Because even if God speaks to me now, when I deliver it to you, it's old. God is saying, I'm trying to give you a right now. That's good news to me. So the critical questions we got to ask ourselves in spiritual warfare is, do I have the spirit? Do I even know the spirit? Because some of y'all have the spirit, but you're grieving the spirit, so you don't know the spirit. And can I hear the spirit? Somebody say, all of that is essential in spiritual warfare. All of it is. Because void of the spirit, you have no proclamation from the Lord. And you have no power from the Lord. In other words, you have no help in warfare. Somebody say, I need my help. This is why Jesus himself encouraged these disciples with these words in John 14, 26. The Bible says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Somebody say, I got some help. The saddest thing is to have help in warfare that you do not pull from. I need to say that again. The saddest thing is to have help in warfare that you do not pull from. Somebody say, I got to pull from my help. And because David, watch this, this means when we're in the midst of spiritual warfare, we need to ask the Lord to send our help and we need to seek our help. The spirit and his right now word. Because in seasons of spiritual warfare, we got to be like David. The Bible says that in Psalm 121, 1 through 2a, I will lift up my eyes to the hill. From whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Notice David was surrounded by men of war. David was known for a man of valor. But even David said, I know where my help comes from. I know your grandma a prayer warrior. But your help comes from the Lord. I know Miss Cindy know how to pray down fire. But somebody say, my help comes from the Lord. I know Pastor Cole can see things in the spirit. But somebody say, my help comes from the Lord. David knew, I don't care how, how many gifted folk you surrounded by. You got to remind yourself that your help comes from the Lord. I'm done, y'all. Our ability to be ready for the attacks of the wicked one will require that we are war ready. Because those effective in warfare are those that are equipped for warfare. We've got to, listen, somebody say, I've got to pull out all I got. Somebody say, I've got to pull out all I've got. Because watch this, the enemy going to pull out all he got against you. This is why it's critical for believers to be experts in war and equipped with all weapons of warfare. And I said this, this is why. Listen, y'all got to meditate on this. Say, this was a whole lot. Somebody say, this was a whole lot. We got to make sure we have the strategies that we preserve, the belt of truth, the sanctification that we pursue, 
It's God's righteousness. The soul is that we perceive. I got to walk in peace. The steadfastness of our hope. I've got to have the shield of faith. The seat of our heart. I've got to make sure I have the helmet of salvation. Mark says, all, I could, all hell can be catching loose, but I want to hear from heaven. Y'all heard me? All hell can be breaking loose, but I want to hear from heaven. So I got to have the spirit and the word of God. But watch this. I believe Paul says something even greater in our text that I love. Yet beyond all these weapons of warfare, I believe Paul gives us some final instructions. Notice what he says in the latter portion of verse, verse number 18. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Our ability to be war ready will be determined by the soberness of our preparation. Our prepare, um, preparation. In every season, somebody say, I've got to be alert. I know we don't like this, but in every season, I've got to be alert. Because here's what the enemy wants to do is attack us when we let our guard down. Somebody say, I've got to stay in the spirit. God, I pray that you equip your people. Here's what I want us to do. Let us stand to our feet. I want to pray specifically for people who say I'm under attack. I thank Pastor Keith for this equipping, but I need another level of strength. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar. I need another level of strength. That may not be you, so let's collectively go to God in prayer. I ain't gonna shame you. Let us go to God in prayer. Father, we bless you. God, I recognize as the shepherd of this house that this is a season of warfare. As your word declares in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. God, I recognize the condition of my flock. And I recognize, God, that many of us are under intense warfare. So, God, I pray, God, for them now. God, that we might be experts in warfare and equipped with all weapons. Help your people, God, today. God, we recognize, God, that we need you. We need you, God. And, God, we need all of your weapons to be able to withstand the enemy. Help us today, God. Somebody say, help us. God, strengthen us, God. Let us put on the full armor of God. And God, my prayer is, God, we've learned the weapons, but my prayer is, God, for your people. God, that we be sober, that we be vigilant, that we be alert. For we have an enemy that is roaming about, roaring like a lion, seeking whom he might devour. So God, let us not fall victim to the enemy, but God, let us be able to withstand the enemy, God, we pray. We thank you, God, for your word today, God, that has told us to hold on to our faith. We'll always be steadfast in our hope. And God, we thank you, God, that your word is declared unto us today, God, that we have a security in our heart and it's placed in your salvation. And God, we thank you now, God, that if we can put on the full arm of God, that we can withstand the enemy. We love you, God. We thank you, God. And God, we pray, God, for every believer in this place. Somebody say, give me a right now word. God, we need a right now word. Because many of us, us are under attack right now. 
So God, we thank you. We honor you and we love you. And every believer that believes and that wants to be war ready, somebody say thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to ask Minister Dominique if he can close us out in service and take us further. Can we give God another hand clap of praise? Listen, you may be with us, and I know I did this earlier. You may be with us, and you say, well, this sermon series has really helped me. But what must I do to be saved? If that's you on this morning, I just want you to simply put your hand, raise your hand in the air so that we can acknowledge who you are. It's not to embarrass you. It's not... Uh, uh, to, to shame you but it's just to acknowledge who you are to ensure that when you leave here and when the expiration date come for you to end your life on this on this earth that when you stand before God he can say well done my good and faithful servant if there's anybody with us that would like to be saved please wait no longer well it looks like we're in the house of the saved you may be with us and you say, well, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, but I have no church home. I would say, look no further. And here's the thing. I would say attend a church that's close to the Bible and not close to your home. Because in times like this, we need a right now word of God. Amen. Do we have anybody that would like to join on this morning? No? Okay, we're going to transition um, to, as you were, we're going to transition to uh, morning announcements. Uh, are there any first-time visitors on this morning? No? Amen. Amen. We have one visitor in the back. If you could keep your hand raised so we can acknowledge you, Deacon and Cindy will get with you and make sure that you get something um, in your hand. We thank you for joining us. We recognize that you uh, pass a number of churches, but we re we, we want to acknowledge uh, and, and thank you for joining us this morning. Amen. And for our morning announcements to anyone that may still need any backpacks, school uniform shirts, or miscellaneous supplies, we do have some remaining items. Please see Sister Kanisha after service. Kanisha, if you can raise your hand, please see Sister Kanisha after service and she will be able to assist you. We will be taking the remaining items to Shaw Elementary after today. So if you are interested in any items, we encourage you to grab those today. Ladies, if you haven't informed Minister LaShawn, Minister LaShawn, if you can raise your hand. If you haven't informed Minister LaShawn that you are attending our concert and lunch fellowship, please do so immediately following service. Details have been included in our weekly newsletter. Next week, Pastor Keith will be starting a new sermon series. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? He'll be starting a new sermon series, so we pray each of you can join us next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. It's now time for offering. If you look on the chairs in front of you, there should be uh, offering envelopes already in the chairs. We should have pens as well. Um, 
here at, at the way we give according to second Corinthians nine and seven. And it says this, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. It is our desire that every person is a cheerful giver. So please don't give out of out of pressure. Whatever God has placed on your heart to give, please give that. So it, that is pleasing to God. Amen. In addition to in-person giving, there are several other ways you can give. Please refer to the screen for details. And if you're watching online, the information is listed in the comment section. God's four for four plan. God has promised us a future property, so we must be faithful to his plan. Remember, we are asking that you consistently pray, plant, and promote with faith that the Lord will provide all that we need, plus in abundance. When you give to our building fund, please remember to indicate either on the envelope or the electronic description line the words, Our Land. This will ensure our finance teams track the funds appropriately. If you have your offering, uh, we have two ushers in the back that will come down and make sure they gather that for you. Does anybody need any envelopes or pens? Man, if we can all stand to our feet. I've said this before. We've been delivered from the power of evil, but we haven't been delivered from the presence of evil. This sermon series has really helped me. It's reminded me to put on a full armor of God. Pastor Keith has listed off those armor items. And the Bible starts with the belt of truth because everything else is connected to that. When we start with God's truth, there's nothing that the world can tell us. There's nothing that the enemy can tell us. Keep God's truth written on the tablets of your heart. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this sermon series that you've given Pastor Keith. Lord, I ask that uh, the words uh, that were given by Pastor Keith do not fall on deaf ears. Allow it to take root in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. Help us to remain alert at all times. Lord, even when we don't see what the enemy is doing, help us to remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit promptings. Help us to remain steadfast, unmovable, God. Lord, I ask that as we leave this place, but never from your presence, that you protect us from seen and unseen dangers. I ask that as we return back to our homes, they're in the same manner that we left them, untouched and unharmed. Lord, I ask that you give us the strength to make it through another week until we make it back into the house of God once more. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer.
is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.